Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome in, Hokies, to episode 297 of the Detect Sideline podcast. I'm Tech Sideline founder Will Stewart, and it seems like every time I host the podcast, the topic is NIL. Today is no different. For the first time, we've got Triumph NIL in studio. We've got two of Triumph's best and brightest here, one you know well and one you may not have heard of. We're going to ask them all kinds of your questions about NIL. That's coming up next on episode 297 of the Tech Sideline podcast. Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company. If you like the Tech Sideline podcast, then without even knowing it, you also like First Bank and Trust Company. Their presenting sponsorship of TSL makes it possible for us to pay the huge salaries of Andy Bitter, Chris Coleman, and David Cunningham, none of whom are here today, by the way. First Bank and Trust Company is the bank that puts you first. Visit www.firstbank.com to learn more. As I said, I'm Will Stewart, and I'm your host today. Producing is the ever-reliable Carter Hill, while his fellow lazy interns take exams or some such excuse. Um, so without further ado, let's introduce our guest, two of the seven partners in the Triumph NIL organization. To my right, in the red shirt chair, a man who needs no introduction, Virginia Tech legend and a close personal friend of mine, uh, Hokie running back great Kevin Jones, head of Triumph Creative. Welcome in, Kevin. Hey, thanks for having me. And across the way, the real brains behind the Triumph NIL organization, <laughs> Chief Operating Officer Robin Jones. Uh, yes, she and Kevin are married, but make no mistake, when you deal with Triumph, Robin's the one you want to talk to. <laughs> she spells it with a Y, so don't screw that up. And welcome, Robin. Thank you for having me. So you are the COO, which is Chief Operating Officer. So here's how I think about CEO, CEO of Triumph is Kelly Woolwine. Mm -hmm. Is it true that the CEO tells the company what to do, and the COO tells the people who's going to do it, when they're going to do it, and how they're going to do it. Is that what a COO is? I would say the CEO helps to um, cast vision. Set vision, right. Yeah, cast vision. Um, and then, yes, the COO, I kind of go out there and try to make all that happen. So. Yeah. I learned early on that if I wanted something done to, to contact <laughs> my so. I have so much I want to ask you guys, and, and we've also gotten some great questions from our, our message board from the fans. So we're going to talk about, we are going to talk about the recent big news, which is a launch of the uh, Triumph Digital Network and the acquisition of Commonwealth NIL. But first, I want to talk about the beginnings of Triumph NIL because, you know, I've never had a chance to have Triumph people on and talk about this. So when the NCAA legalized the athlete's ability to profit legalized profit off of name, image, and likeness. And that was almost two years ago now. That was uh, June 30th of 2021. My last thought was, hey, I want to get involved with that. <laughs> so right. 
So how did, let's talk about how the two of you got involved with Triumph and then we'll do the whole, whole kind of Triumph picture as a whole. So like, like, I, I guess the question I want to ask you is at what moment did you realize you were about to get involved with this and did you want to get involved with this? <laughs> um, <clears throat> when it was too late. It was too late. Uh, <laughs> no, we, you know, the funny thing about it, just a little back history is Robin and I had always talked about doing something in, um, the college athletic space once we left at college athletics at Virginia Tech and became entrepreneurs. Um, so when the opportunity came, you know, I think in our minds, we were already kind of like, oh, wow, this is something we might want to do. Um, Brendan Hill reached out to us. He, him and uh, Jim Cowan had, and Joey had talked about doing something um, in the NIL space. And because we run a design marketing communications company, they thought that you know, partner with us at least or hiring us to do something was um, could be beneficial to Triumph. And then we just started really having conversations about, no, I think that we want to be more involved or they wanted us to be more involved. And the dialogue happened that way. And that's kind of how we got involved. Um, I had to pull I had to convince her, <laughs> mm-hmm. but not too much. She she you know, because she's COO of uh, Joba Studio as well. Yeah. So Kevin was yeah. Kevin and Robin's uh, company, Joba Studios. Mm-hmm. Like Robin, you were what was your ro- what's your role with Joba? I'm CEO at Joba as well. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, so it wasn't like you didn't have some experience there, oh, and, you know, and yeah. working yeah. together and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So like who first hatched the idea? Was it Brendan and Jim who hatched the idea of Triumph? Yeah, yeah, I think it was, you know, uh, Brendan's always on Twitter. So <laughs> I think Brendan and uh, Jim just had an exchange, you know, of conversation on Twitter and it evolved from there. And Brendan's really good at um, uh, being a connector yeah. um, and, and strategy. And so I think this was something like he'd been to our, our studio um, for Joba um, and obviously has a connection with Kevin and history mm-hmm. with Kevin. And it was just a really natural synergy and fit. Yeah. yeah. So. So Brendan is strategy. Jim is legal. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim I, Cowan. Yeah, Jim mm-hmm. Cowan. We got we got several Jim's going on yeah. here lately. Yeah, but there's yeah. a lot. Of, <laughs> and it, it's even worse with the hokey way. Exactly. There's even more Jim's. Out <laughs> yeah. there. So clearly, you guys could fill the creative and design role, which mm-hmm. of course is important. And <clears throat> there's something like well, I did say there's seven partners, and then you've got uh, Mitch Gerber mm-hmm. who works for you, mm-hmm. and uh, then another person whose name I can't recall right now. Doug Hicks. Doug, well, Doug Hicks is your comms and, and marketing mm-hmm. person. So I've always been impressed with Triumph from the beginning as being, you know, holistic might not be the right word, but you could tell they were a well-organized company mm-hmm. that, that everybody had their roles. Right. Um, Joey Harrington is the other one, just in case. Yeah. What's well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, sorry, we were talking about Joey before we started recording. and uh, The Joey thing things. is always funny, too, <clears throat> just because of, uh, you know, when I played for the Lions, my quarterback was Joey Harrington. So I'm like, dude, is, are you the son of Joey Harrington? He's like, no, nah, it's not the same. We guy. had the whole so. conversation. Like, it wasn't you that was up on the billboard. And right, time. exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, it, did, it, did it take much convincing for you guys? Because you guys already had your own business and you were, you were doing your own thing. Like, this is, as you've discovered, this is a huge time commitment. Yeah, I, I assure you, uh, <laughs> I this is not the first phone call we received about a business opportunity. I would say we get them quite regularly. Some type of venture, business opportunity. This would be really cool for you guys to get involved with. And oftentimes I decline the meeting (laughs) or um, I'm half listening. 
And in this instance, I was half listening for maybe the first two or three minutes. And then I was like, oh, wait, that actually sounds like that speaks to who Kevin and I are. This doesn't take away from what we do. This is an extension of what we do. Um, And so this this one was one that really spoke to our hearts and um, was something that we wanted to get involved with from the beginning. Kevin, did you feel that in addition to design and creative, which is which has always been your thing, I know you love that, did you feel that your background and experience as a student athlete was something that was critical that you could offer Triumph NIL? Yeah, I thought it was critical. I think that, you know, when I'm sitting in the seat or being, you know, part of this company, I think I always think about it in three ways, you know, as a former assistant athletic director, as a former like high school recruit, and then you know, like in from the design and marketing side of it, branding. So I feel like I'm always wearing three hats when I think about the issues of the student athletes or, or Virginia Tech. So I thought that that was critical in kind of making the decision to, you know, if I'm pitching it to Robin, she's like, well, why, you know, why? Yeah. But um, I think, you know, having that dialogue and always looking at it from those three perspectives um, is why I, I decided to do it. So in the beginning, I remember the first press release Virginia Tech ever did. They mentioned Triumph, they mentioned Hot Route Marketing, mm-hmm. and they mentioned Commonwealth NIL, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Hot Route, very shortly after that, I think, merged with you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me what you know about that. Like Kelly Woolwine had, had started Hot Route, and it seems like you guys, you must have wound up talking and very quickly decided, you know, we've got some complementary mm-hmm. skill sets and things to offer here. So how did, how did that come about? I mean, it's very much what you said, Will, was just like, wait, you're, you're in this space too. And yeah. um, again, we already had a really well-balanced team, but Kelly brought a different dynamic that we thought would be very um, useful um, for, for what we were trying to do. And just having conversations, we, we've known Kelly for a few years now. Kelly and Kevin um, had a relation, have had a relationship okay. for several years. So it wasn't like we were just, you know, meeting him for the first time. Um, and it was just a really, again, great synergy. Everything was really organic. Yeah. Yeah. Again, when I was in that <clears throat> assistant athletic director role is when I met Kelly as being a supporter of Virginia Tech. So that's kind of how we, you know, became, had a relationship. So yeah. when we went to talk about this, it was an easy conversation. So would you would you classify Kelly, you know, he was he was successful in business. Would you classify him as a big donor at that point? Because as tech fans, those of us from the outside looking in, we know some of the names. We know the mm-hmm. Pearsons and the Streets and the Merrimans and mm-hmm. we know about Mayhole. We've all heard of those people. Is is Kelly like was he similarly influential as a donor? It's just people didn't know who he was? I think so. I yeah. mean, I think if you have a box then you're probably <laughs> influential as a donor in some regards, right? Okay. But, um, you know, Kelly does a lot of good work in our community. He's from Roanoke, born and raised. Um, and if you haven't had the chance to hear about what he does and his mission in life is really um, geared around um, fighting childhood cancer. Hmm. Um, so he he has a, a strong voice. Um, he's a very... Um, driven person and he's he's really passionate about um the things he's passionate about virginia tech being one of them so i would say so yeah. just he's quite he's not going to be necessarily the first person um you see he's not super loud about it but very passionate about it, if you know him i've actually never met him oh well i did accost him in the um in the concourse <laughs> <Uh-oh>. of castle <laughs> 
probably about a month or a month and a half ago, mm. you know, and, and I, I walked over and said, you Kelly, what one? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, Will Stewart. And, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> Caught him off guard. Uh, so I have met him, but other than that, you know, it's, it's, it's been difficult for me to connect with him and he was supposed to be here, but yeah. he had something he had to go do. Yeah. So I would have been asking these questions of mm -hmm. him. So mm -hmm. sorry if I put you on the spot there. So how did, how did you, uh, reach out to that because I've, I've always thought from the very beginning that triumph has a, I don't know if close is the right word, but a very good relationship with the Virginia Tech athletic department. And I imagine that comes from among other things. Well, Kelly's got a relationship with the athletic department. Mm -hmm. You work for wit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how did, how did you get that conversation and relationship going where you wound up being one of the companies in the press release? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, um, Robin also has a relationship with the athletic department, so I'm going to say that too. She was uh, in, in SAS. Mm -hmm. What does that stand for? Student Athlete? Academic Support Services. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when, when we were working there, we were always kind of tag teaming the athletes. Like, are your grades right? Is your mental health together? You know, having that, that dialogue. So, again, it's, why, it's one of the reasons why we thought getting in the space was good. Mm -hmm. So, the relationship with the athletic department um, – was a you know a symbiotic relationship you know with the school with the athletic department. Robin was also a uh, former um, president, uh, class president. Right, that's how. And you yeah. so you guys met when you were at Tech. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and you've got about twelve degrees, and she's got about eight, right? Well, and vice versa. Vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> well, for now. For now. For now. Yeah, I'm working on one to finishing that up soon. But y your question was about how um, how we reached out. I think it was just. How did we reach out? Like, it, I, I don't even remember how we reached out. It's always been really important from us, you know, from the beginning yeah. to maintain, those maintain yeah, yeah, build a strong relationship. This isn't something that you can do successfully. And, and by this, I mean, um, navigate this new landscape in isolation. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that that has been evident given the past two years, you saw a lot of organizations pop up and then you saw them go away. Um, so it was very important for us from the very beginning. One of our first meetings was with um, the athletic department just to talk about who we were and what we were trying to do, um, because we knew it was important to to have to build a relationship for a number of reasons. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But, you know, making sure that we're compliant, um, that we're doing things that put not only the university, but the athletic department in the best light that we're representing the student athletes in the best light, like all of that has to be done together. Right. Um, and so it's always been very important uh, to us to um, have a strong relationship. Yeah, so I think what Robin was saying is, a part of what she was saying is just to piggyback that a little bit, is there was a meeting, just as, like a Zoom mm -hmm. call to, to an introductory to like, they know us, but they don't know us as Triumph. Mm -hmm. Right. And what we're trying to do in the landscape and for the athletic department. So. Um, when we pitched that, you know, it was one of those things where they were like, wow, this is a good team. We like the players that are here. We know some of these people. So it was a comfort level to move forward with. Um, so I've, I've been working on tech sideline for 27 years now. And, and when people talk to me about this business, I'm, I'm, I'm always quick to tell them there was no master plan. I just kind of figured out things as, as mm -hmm. I went along, mm -hmm. you know, and because Number one, I'm just not that much of a visionary. Number two, outside forces dictate a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So Triumph has been around for almost two years now. Um, have, have you kind of figured out the vision as you went along? And we'll talk about the, the digital network here soon. 
or did you sit around and bake up some ideas two years ago and this is the fulfillment of that? Is that <laughs> you understand that question? Yeah. I think it's a I think the answer is a hybrid of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, we wanted to take care of the NIL space for Virginia Tech, you know, make Virginia Tech be one of the premier universities that it is, but in this space, you know, um, clean up the the wild, wild west is what everyone calls it. So I always say that we're the wranglers of the wild, wild west (laughs) Um, and and be aligned with the university so that they know what we're doing. It's not something that we're just off in a silo trying to make things happen. So transparency was key with that and compliance. Mm -hmm. So, um, but as far as vision, vision goes, you know, there were two, there were probably two separate visions, one that Kelly had when he was in hot route and then one that we were baking up in triumph. And then we tried to bring those two things together. Um, so it's a little bit different than what you were saying, just because we were two companies that came together yeah. and now we had to fall under one, you know, one vision. So, yeah. yeah. So Robin, um, I've, I've always thought from the outside looking in that what Triumph was doing was very deliberate. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a lot of fear early on because there were a lot of big headlines early on and there still mm-hmm. are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so-and-so throws throwing money at all sorts of athletes. We need to do that. <laughs> but I always felt from the outside looking in that Triumph was just like, we, we have a plan for what we're doing. It's not going to happen mm-hmm. tomorrow. Right. Um, so would you say that's a fair characterization? I'd, I'd say that's you took very your time. fair. I'd say that's fair. Um, <laughs> We have been very deliberate and and very um, purposeful about a few things. One of them was keeping athletes at the forefront of what we do, like we're doing this for the athletes, um, but making sure that we always do things with quality. We're always saying that quality over quantity. So um, when there's so many things, people are doing so many things around us and all these companies are popping up and let's stay focused, we're gonna do quality. Um, we're going to make sure that we're keeping athletes at the forefront of what we're doing. And we're going to make sure that we're the best at it, right? Our goal has always been to be industry leaders at what we're doing. And I think that has always been the goal. Um, that has not changed. And then some of the other dynamics, you know, you know, did we know we were going to have a platform from day one? No, but er- pretty early on, we knew we were going to have one. We just didn't talk about it until we were, it was ready. Um, so, yeah. Um, and you guys have always been clear from the beginning that you are an agency. You're not a collective. Again, delib- very deliberate, right? Yeah. We've always about that messaging. This is not a collective from day one. We are a sports marketing agency. Um, and because that's where, you know, speaking on Kevin and I, we're coming from a company that does marketing, design and communications. Um, and that's very much what we're doing for these athletes in many regards. So we didn't you know, just being termed as a collective, um, it, it didn't fit. It didn't fit was, the, what we were trying to yeah, do. It's what everyone else was doing. Yeah, yeah that's right. what everyone else was doing, but that's not what the vision was uh, for Triumph. Let's take a tangent. So when you talk to student athletes, mm-hmm. um, does that, I'm sure that resonates with them and that's, that's important to them as opposed to, well, we're collecting money and we're going to throw some at you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm sure they're because the, the whole idea of a personal brand is so much more of a thing now than it was 20 years ago because of social media yeah. and, and the emphasis on the individual. So I imagine that really speaks to student athletes. Yeah. You know, we always talk about the holistic approach. Um, you know, for us, that's what we, like Robin said, we do in our business, uh, the holistic approach to a, a client or to a business. And what we try to do is pivot that to, you know, per, be more personable to athletes. Mm-hmm. So we talk about your personal brand. You know, we talk about your your, your logo or podcast um, merchandise that you could sell. 
and really just like hone in on your interests. So these are things where we have, you know, in our first meeting, we have uh, a questionnaire that we ask, you know, things that we ask them and that they give us a whole bunch of information about themselves and their personal life and their family. So we get to really know them. And um, that gives us an empathetic approach to what we're doing. So it's not just, oh, it's number 23 or number 24 or number seven over there. It's, you know, that specific person. So getting to know them is, is where it starts. And you've been through our process at Joba. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, you can attest to it wasn't just like, okay, we'll see you later. We're going to come up with a design for you. It's very much a process of getting to know who you are, what your vision is for the company, you know, what are those things that are important to you so we can bring those elements, you know, all together to build something, a brand mm -hmm. that um, is longstanding, that is high quality, that speaks to the ethos of of who you are and your vision for your company. So I think we were able to successfully, as I yeah. look at all the tech, tech sideline side stuff not just around us. This logo is you. you but know? it's that is the same um, effort we put forth and the same strategy we use with our athletes because they are a brand and we want them to think about themselves that way. So we spend a lot of intentional time um, letting them know what that should look like and how they should also carry themselves and conduct business um, so that they can help elevate that brand and bring more value to it. And people have to remember, you know, it's, it's different with transfers, but with with Kids coming out of high school, and these are 18-year-old kids, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so so a lot of these conversations they've never had before. Mm -hmm. okay. So let's go down the logo tangent a little bit. <laughs> if you don't know, the Tech Sideline logo was designed by Kevin and Robin's company, which was called Void Design House back at that point in time. In 2015, <laughs> we needed a back. logo. All right, he did. <laughs> 2015, we needed a logo, and 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 I had I had a relationship with Kevin because we, we I did an in-depth interview with you. Mm -hmm. um, so I reached out to you. And, and it was a really neat process. And like you said, I'm sure this is, this is similar to what you go through with the student athletes where I remember the first meeting, you, you asked me about the culture of my company, yeah. you know, what, what, what's important about your company. Then you went and did some, some logo concepts. No, you did, I can't remember what you called it, but you presented me with a bunch of existing logos. A mood logos, board, a mood board, yeah. A yeah. mood board. <laughs> so you were flipping through, showing show me logos of other companies, and I was going, no, no, yeah, like that. And then you took that input and put it into some tech sideline logo design concepts. Mm -hmm. And I remember flipping through that and going, that's the one. We need to move this and move that, but that's the one. Yeah. So it's a very similar process mm -hmm. to what you go to with your athletes. It's a tangent, but it is relevant because yeah. you're right. I have lived relevant. it, right. yeah. so I know what it's like. Those um, are those are the exact conversations we're having with them. Um, we probably go a little bit more in depth about their family life and stuff like that because it's more like to the person and not ne necessarily a business yet. We're trying to turn them into businesses in a way. Yeah. Um, so it's a little more in depth, but that's that's how we do it. Yeah. So, you know, time goes by and you, and you work on your stuff. And, um, and so let's fast forward to this point in time. And uh, the story I always tell people is when, when I look at NIL, um, I'm old enough that I was around and I was just starting at tech when the IBM PC was becoming a thing. <laughs> and putting personal You're dating yourself, well, be careful. 58, folks, 58. <laughs> Um, so people were just starting to put personal computers in their homes. Mm -hmm. And what happened back then was you had a ton of companies who were building PCs and selling them. Mm -hmm. And it was the wild, wild west of building PCs. Mm -hmm. And eventually it consolidated down into Dell, HP, Compaq, IBM, something like that. Mm -hmm. 
So I knew when the NIL space started and it was the wild, wild west that a similar thing would happen. This stuff would work itself out. Mm. It started early with Hot Route merging and Kelly becoming the CEO of Triumph. Um, we saw NRV NIL pop up and then cease operations. Commonwealth is one that started right about the same time you guys did. But recently, um, you announced the acquisition of Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. So now the Virginia Tech NIL space has been cleared. Mm -hmm. It's Triumph, which is the agency that does the brand management and the logistics of hooking athletes up with NIL opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Hokie Way, which has their charitable organization component to it. And we've covered the heck out of that yeah. stuff. You know, <laughs> just, just Google it and you'll find out about it. So uh, tell, tell me about, you know, the last domino to fall was um, acquiring Commonwealth. So what can you tell us about that? I know this stuff, a lot of stuff is kind of proprietary and secret, mm -hmm. but, you know, can, what can you tell us about that? CEO, <laughs> I mean, I think, um, you know, Nick and his team, like all of us, came out of the gate putting forth um, great opportunities for our athletes and just looking for um, opportunities to help elevate and build their brand and push NIL forwards here at Virginia Tech. And um, it has been really great, you know, working in collaboration with many of the organizations that have come and we've, you know, since merged or acquired or whatnot, it, it's, it was great working with them at the time. But I think um, what has remained true for all of us is our um, desire to just push the Virginia Tech brand forward, um, push the Virginia Tech brand forward in the NIL space. Um, and as you have those conversations and you begin to interact on a day-to-day -day basis, some of those things become clear um, the synergies or the ability, you know, what merging or acquiring can do to help elevate that as our primary goal, the Virginia Tech brand in the NIL space and, and our student athletes. And so it becomes really easy conversation after that. You know, that's what happened with Hot Route. Um, and that's what happened with Nick Rush of like, you know what, this makes sense. This feels good. Um, it, this is an opportunity here for the bigger picture because that's what we all care about. Um, so, I mean, I, it's no, it's really no, you know, we don't have any big Twitter moments here <laughs> trying to acquire or anything like yeah. that. Like it was just really organic, um, conversation and, and process. Well, like you know me, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, you know, I gotta come in from my, so my angle, you know, in the beginning I was like super competitive. Kevin wants to win. Yeah. I mean, but that's who I am. Right. Well, like, yeah, that's why, uh, that's Hokey why nation you... knows <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's like, I'm like oh, really aggressive when it comes to like competition, but I would say, you know, Nick and his team ran a good ship over there with um, Commonwealth, and we, you know, we saw the things that they were doing. We were excited about them. We wanted to compete in the beginning, but then what we realized is that like, you know, what our slogan is: we triumph together, right? So for Virginia Tech, you know, Virginia Tech is the bigger mission. The athletes is the bigger mission. So it was it in the beginning. It's like oh, everybody wants to like get to this point and be that that group um but how we balance each other out is some of the things that robin says like some of the things that you know i, I my, some of my attributes but um like i like she said at the end of the day it's more about you know virginia tech the athletic department the actual athletes the recruits that see us you know that's that's the bigger mission is to you know triumph together so a uh, nuts and bolts question for you um 
Did they, did Commonwealth have contracts with athletes that you guys inherited? I mean, that, that's a very specific question. It's just something I'm curious about. Um, no, not really. It was timing. We timed it up pretty yeah, well. Gotcha. So yeah, we're for the most part able to kind of just do new, do new contracts with, with athletes. All right. So the other big piece of news recently is the launch of the Triumph Digital Network. Mm-hmm. When people look at, look at collectives, the idea of a membership is is common. It's out there. You know, hey, sign up at a certain level, give us this much money, and we'll package contracts and deliver the money to the athletes. But that's not the the Triumph Digital Network includes memberships, mm-hmm. but that's not. It's not just strictly about that. It's actually a content system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, let me let me tee you up with that. Tell me what the network is, what it's designed to do, how it benefits the student athletes. Go. Well, the network is a um, it turns Triumph into like a, a media company. You know, we have the design and the branding and the marketing, but this now allows um, it, it, it hits on several different levels. It's the content and the media, right? But then it's also a way to clear up and provide transparency for like people in this space. So people who want to be in this space. So where you, whether you have a donor or a business or someone who just wants to support, you can now go on the platform and purchase something from athletes. It's not just, oh, I'm throwing money at something and, and lighting it on fire. Because these are the things that we have heard. So I'm repeating yes. things that donors have said or supporters have said, oh, why do I just want to throw money in it, into the NIL space when I'm already giving to Virginia Tech? So now it's like, and they want to know where the money's going. So now we're like, okay, well, here's a platform that introduces the athletes to the public and people who want to support, and they can purchase something directly from them, whether that's a um, a shout-out to a family member to say happy birthday, you know, so you can hire, let's say, Dax Holyfield or Kyron Drones to say happy birthday to your grandpa or to your kid. Um, you have uh, meet-and-greets, digital meet-and-greets, so you can come on the platform get into a digital room with the athlete and have a conversation like we're having right now. So there are several different things that the, I think that the platform demystifies for people. It's no longer, I'm just giving to Triumph and I don't know what's happening with that. So this yeah. kind of, it's a multifaceted, you know, answer. Yeah. We wanted to take that. We wanted to create a, a network or platform um, where, yeah, a marketplace mm-hmm. where not only there was that, fan engagement component that you can get that one-on-one opportunity that you might not normally get, Mm. but that there was also that content piece that Kevin talked about. And so, you know, our team, Mitch, you know, works really hard to uh, put together content, exclusive content, videos, the podcast, things that you wouldn't normally see um, from the athlete they work really hard to provide that content, puts it together, and then you can access that as well. So what we hope is that we're capturing um, our fans from many different angles, you know, whether they like that one-on-one meet and greet opportunity or they're like, they want it all. They want content, Virginia Tech, you know, athlete content all day, every day. We can meet all of those needs um, at the Triumph Digital Network, so... So, uh, and I always start off every question or comment with, so I got to stop doing that. (laughs) Um, Whose brainchild was this? Do other NIL organizations do this? Like uh, I haven't done my research Mm -hmm. and looked around. Is Triumph unique in this or, or, you know, where the ideas come from and is anybody else doing it? 
<laughs> Great question. Um, I would say this is something that Kevin mentioned to us so early on. We were like, yeah, no, we're so like so busy with the day to day. It was something that he kind of mentioned early on and and initiated and started having the meetings and the conversation with development teams. Um, and for a long time, this was something that was kind of he was like managing side off and, a, and yeah. a side thing. <laughs> um, and then as it evolved and it became something that um, it, it just continued to evolve to become something that we that had legs. Um, and to answer your question, no, there's not anyone else out there doing it the way we're doing it. Yeah. Um, like I said, we're kind of bringing to be- together what we think is the best of what's all out there, but at the highest quality. Um, and so, no, I'd, I'd like to say we're the first, but welcome to show me someone else who's doing, who's doing all the things that we're doing on one platform, um, and the way we're doing at the quality and the level that we're doing it. We thought that, you know, early on that the platform was, like I said, an answer to all of the different things that NIL has, you know, been in a black box about, you know, it's like, you know, when we talked to you, you know, I think you were saying, well, a lot of the fans just want to know about like transparency. Where is it all going? And we'll get right? into that. Yeah. Then you have like businesses who want to support the athletes. Then you have the fans who want to be engaged with the athletes and give on different levels. So and then we're like, hey, we want to build the athletes brand. Mm-hmm. And then we also, you know, what I'm saying like push Virginia Tech's brand out there. So we felt like the best way to do that was, you know, a digital a digital network, a digital platform where all of that, everyone comes together, you know, gravitational pull to one place. And, you know, you create a community that supports each other. Mm-hmm. This, um, what do you call it? Um, ecology where the circular economy, where everything is happening and supporting. And hopefully this is also helps in recruiting, you know, cause when you have conversations with, you know, f- uh, potential athletes about, well, what is the program at, what does the NIL program at Virginia Tech look like? Well, you could say just, hey, go to go to this platform, check it out, see what, you know, we don't even have to have conversations really. Um, so Yeah, and so, and so to bring it back around to the discussions you have with athletes, I'm sure you want to, you, you encounter athletes who are like, I've always wanted to have my own podcast. Oh, yeah. You know, but I'm sure there are others who are like, oh, I don't want to do that. You right. Know, you know, but I'm we sure. pitch it to them, the ones who don't want to do it, we pitch it to them as a way that enhances your NIL value. Yeah. So if you don't want to be a part of it, then you're kind of saying you don't want people to engage with you. and or or At least not that. in that way. Not in that way, yeah. That's the beauty of it. Um, there are some of our athletes and who've sat here with you, and they that, that's not necessarily their thing. They don't want to do that on a regular basis. Mm. Um, there are some of our athletes who have not even had social media. Uh, so doing even the platform for them allows them the opportunity where it's in a controlled environment. Mm. They don't have to edit. They don't have to worry about quality control. Like they don't have to worry about all of that. We're helping them to curate and do, um, and they can do it in a way that's authentic to them. And that's, what's really important. Like there's way to ways to build your brand and do it in a way that's authentic to yourself. Something that doesn't make you step too far out of what you what you want to do. Yeah, and, and Mitch on our team is really good with capturing the athletes and moments that mm-hmm. you know you might not see normally, right? So they're still getting he's getting them out there without mm-hmm. having exactly. to like sh- them set up a mic and shove a mic in their face. Yeah. Or even if they're even if they're not wanting to do that, 
the interviews can be set up to where you're asking them the right questions because you know them, you know who they are, you know what they want to get out there, and they they answer those questions. So we try to, I'm not gonna say coerce them, but like motivate them to to be more out there, but in ways that they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. I can tell you it's real interesting, and you made you made a brief reference to this. We've been doing the Triumph Spotlight mm-hmm. on on our TSL today with our TSL Today production crew. And I think we've done like 12 episodes where student athletes come in and, and, and it's fascinating to see how different they all are. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, some of them are so natural and they, and like, like Justin Mutz, you know, these Triumph Spotlights are supposed to be 15 minutes to half an hour and <laughs> Mutz goes 40 minutes, you know, and you could keep going if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. And then other, others are more shy, right? you know? Right. So it's been a challenge for us to, uh, to, to get the athletes in here and make sure they're all comfortable and yeah. make sure they get their message out and, and tell interesting stories and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, part, part of that is they don't, part of this whole triumph family is that some of them don't know their message yet. Right. Right. Um, some of them haven't been having those conversations at home with their parents or family or their coach. So part of it is us probing and asking questions to get them to understand who they are, what their principles are, what their message could be. And we show them examples of that, you know, and we ask them questions about what's their interest outside of sports. Because mm-hmm. um, that's something that, you know, that's one of the things that I'm passionate about and find my purpose in having those dialogues about like, wh- what are your interests? Oh, real estate. Yeah. Okay. How can we, how can we match you up with somebody in maybe Hokie Nation or somebody that's a prominent real estate person? Mm-hmm. And that's all content as well. So mm-hmm. this it, is how we're doing it. And I think it's great getting the athletes in front of fans mm-hmm. um, through Triumph Spotlight, through the network that you guys have built, because what it leads to is not just, it leads to those connections you're talking about, mm-hmm. but it also helps the fans get to know the athletes on a personal level. Yeah. So, I mean, we all see, particularly in this day and age of social media message boards and things like that, mm-hmm. um, the, the mean things fans can say about <laughs> athletes. Yeah. You're less likely to say something mean if you've met in quotes, that athlete right. on a triumph spotlight or something like that. And you're more likely to support them if you have something that could support them, support them with. Like if you have a, a podcast or if you have a real estate company, yeah. if you have, you know what I mean? These things are we're trying, we're trying to create those connections between, you know, I think we're, we're all family in a way. Like we all come together for common causes at Virginia Tech and whether it's charity or like sporting events, all those different things. So trying to kind of make those connections more often. So your your roster has hovered around 55 to 70 athletes for a while. Uh, it's up over 100 now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where is it headed? <laughs> now, now that you are the NIL organization. Yeah. Where are you, you going to get to? Like how many athletes are at Virginia Tech? 550 or something like that? So 350? I think something sc- around six, almost 600. So um, the sky's the limit. I mean, I think our goal is to have every Virginia Tech uh, student athlete um, on the platform should they desire. Uh, so that's what we're shooting for. Yeah, you're going to have to staff up. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you've got the current student athletes, and you've, you've introduced the concept of legacy mm-hmm. student athletes. Yeah. And Michael Vick is part of the platform, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does it work with a guy like Michael Vick um, and, and really any legacy athlete? Are you on the platform, Kevin? Yeah, I'm on the platform. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is Triumph paying you money for doing podcasts? You know, I mean, it, it's a crude question, but uh, I'm, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> what, what's the advantage to having Michael Vick on the network yeah. uh, 
what happens? What's what's the relationship there? For what, first of all, Triumph isn't paying me for being on the platform. Yeah, so let's clear we'll that up. That. <laughs> I, was, I was just but kidding, folks. The, the fans, like the, the the so that's the whole thing. It's no like we don't have to, you know. It's not black box anymore. It's it's if someone wants to go in there and purchase something like for me to do a meet and greet or something like that, it's how you do it. You go in there, you click the button, the number comes up. And we, we do it. So it's not about like, so Triumph isn't paying me. It would come from a fan or somebody who wants to engage. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes into the pot and, you know, however Triumph, uh, I don't like to use the word, distributes money to student athletes through contracts. You're actually helping with that. Excellent. Like Absolutely. if somebody does a meet and greet with you, it doesn't go to you. It goes to the student athletes. And um, so appreciate the, that one. Let's see. Did you um, want to talk about, he, he was asking about Michael Vick. Oh, <laughs> he said, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, Michael's a great, you know, Mike's a great example of um, what it means to have a really strong uh, brand. And just imagine, you know, that brand back in the early 2000s, yeah. <laughs> uh, being able to have NIL opportunities. And so for us, you know, even thinking of this again, started from the Brendan and Kevin you know, how can this be something that's not only beneficial for our current student athletes, but for those NIL, you know, those earlier student athletes who kind of paved the way for NIL, right? Um, and so this legacy opportunity uh, gives them a place to continue to monetize and build off of their collegiate brand. Yeah, but it's also more about like engagement. So yeah. if you go to Mike's page, you can you click into his profile. Now you see what's going on with Mike today. So you can see, you know, oh, he has a podcast over here. He has some v, his V7 brand. You might be able to purchase some T-shirts, um, find out what he's doing with charity, you know, um, how he gives back to his community back home in 757. Um, or like he might want to show what his kids are doing, you know. So this just opens it back up. Like, I wonder what Michael Vick is doing today. Oh, does he have kids? Do they play sports? Like all the questions that people want to know. So. Um, you know, Brian Randall, Tyrod Taylor, all these different people, Cam Chancellor, that, you know, people want to still know and still be engaged. It keeps them, you know, engaged in Hokie Nation. So it's not just like, oh, this is this great that's just gone now. We don't, right. you know, so that's um, the legacy piece came from, you know, me and Brendan having those conversations like, man, like guys still want to be engaged with Hokie Nation and, mm -hmm. and Hokie Nation still wants to be engaged with these guys and see what they're doing. Like, what their what their family is about like what are they doing these days so that's what the legacy is all about man to to the to play the what if game there there was an event that commonwealth had with with michael vick mm -hmm. and and you were there i remember seeing you there and so there was the event and then there was the hang around afterwards yeah and michael said some really interesting things he he said that when he left virginia tech he didn't want to go right um but he had to because he was going to be the number one pick. You don't stay around if you're going to be the <laughs> right. number one pick. Yeah. Right. And, and he said something that I thought was kind of poignant. He said, you know, I, w I was I really was just finally figuring college out. Mm. I really had it all figured out. And, and, and I knew that I was going to be everything I could be at Virginia Tech. But then I had to go, mm -hmm. you know. And then, of course, he said, yeah, if we'd had NIL back then, I'd have stayed. Oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. so. <laughs> That's and I think a lot of us feel the same way. You know, yeah. I feel the same way. I don't think I would have, you know, tried to rush out of here if, you know, if NIL was here, you know. Um, and you see it now and in, like, in women's college basketball where they can, you know, do better in college than they can in the WNBA. 
Yeah, so. for WNBA draft picks are, are signed to contracts of like 70000 a year or something like that. Some of them. Some of them are a lot lower than that. Yeah. So like that. So then those then you start to talk about, oh, well, here are some of the positives about NIL when it comes to the money part of it. You know, yeah. it may change what the WNBA has to do as far as the, the pay, you know. I think that that's a yeah. A side isn't note. that interesting? It's a side if, note, but if you want the best players to come out of college, you're gonna have to pay yeah, more as a league. Right. Yeah, and yeah. right now they they're getting away with what they've been doing for a while. So NIL could change that industry as well. So what you're telling me is, if NIL had been around when you were at Tech, <laughs> you would be the leading rusher in Virginia Tech history because you would have come back for a fourth year. I think you could just project it and say. <laughs> that's what unless I'm saying, I had man. a crazy injury or something, it you, were, you were on got course. That in two games. <laughs> <laughs> um, no disrespect to anybody else, but yeah, no, no, no. You, you would be the guy, totally. Um, yeah. All right, so let's get into. Um, so no, no. Before we get into fan questions, um, uh, one of the things we want to talk about is, and this is actually part of fan questions too, is, uh, and then Robin, this is for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Talk about the compliance part of it, because I, I've read some of the rules about NIL. It sounds really confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you allowed to do and not do? How do you work with the athletic department to make sure you don't make a wrong step? Communication. Um, you know, we work really closely with compliance, the compliance department and athletics um, to be sure that we are crossing our T's and dotting our I's. Um the, our student athletes have a lot to do, you know, they have a lot on their plate, um, but they also want to be able to take advantage of and leverage their brand, take advantage of this NIL landscape. And so one of the things that we tell them is that um, we're here, we're an extension of your brand and of your team, and we're here to help you navigate that. And so it's our responsibility to do our very best to make sure that we're staying on top of the latest rules and regulations um, and to stay in comp- stay in communications with compliance to be sure that we're not that they're not misstepping. Um, so we've had instances where that's allowed us to, hey, we don't want to we don't want to do this this way. We want to do this that way because we don't want to have any you know compliance issues in the future. And you know, as we said, this is a new landscape, and everybody's just you know learning. You it's know, a moving target. Yeah, it's a, mo- a little bit of a moving target, and we're learning as we go. Um, so we do our best to try to make sure that we're staying on top of um, whatever those latest rules and regulations are, and staying in communications with compliance so that everything um, is above board. Yeah. All right. So we were going to drill it down into some of that in more detail when we ask fan questions, which are next. <laughs> but first, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back in episode 297 of the Tech Sideline Podcast. We've got Triumph NIL in the house, and this is the fan portion. I went on the message board and I said, I got Triumph NIL coming on the podcast. Bro, this is 297? 297. You should have waited to 300. You know, it looks like you... Come on, man. It it looked like you guys were hanging around. (laughs) We were waiting for the 300th We we had Commonwealth on and 242. We had Jim Petrine on and 270-something. And it looked like you guys were hanging around waiting for number 300. Uh, I got to talk to Doug about this. I'm coming back for 300. (laughs) 
No, number three hundred is going to be a party. We're going to sit around and drink the whole time. And, okay. Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be the second TSL podcast with beer. Nice. <laughs> the first one was was with Jeff Holland, <laughs> um, which was a two and a half hour classic. So anyway, we're here for the uh, fan questions, and this is great because I went on the message board and I asked for questions. So I get to ask the hard questions now, and I get to blame them on the fans. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so get yourself ready. Take a deep you breath. Name, so, we're going to play name that fan as we do this. Right. You know, I, I actually did not write down the message board names. Okay. Oh. I just wrote down the questions. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, so the question we get most often, and I'm sure you guys get it most often, and you, you addressed it earlier, was transparency. Mm -hmm. um, and the digital network helps with the transparency. Yeah. Because you are, you're a membership. You're a member at a certain level. By the way, um, go to Triumph NIL and click on the memberships tab and see what sort of memberships are offered. Yep. They run you the gamut. Get in at $10 a month, you know. Going up to $6,000 <laughs> a year. Yep. Yeah. So there are different levels. So go check them out and see what comes with that. It's shout outs. It's access to live streams. Mm -hmm. um, all kinds of stuff. Images, you know, video, uh, yeah, behind podcasts, the scenes. All yep. That. All yeah. that. So we'll uh, we'll drop the link in the YouTube description. Um, so transparency, um, uh, when you go to the about page, you look at the team page on Triumph NIL, there's nine people there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody looks and thinks, what, what are they getting? What are they getting? What are they getting? Um, <laughs> I've been told, uh, Jim Batrine flat said at the hooky way, he's like, none of us take any money. All of it goes to the student athletes. Yeah. What's the situation at Triumph with regards to that? For our salaries, mm, like how many are full time employees? How many? How many are working for free? How many of you are independently wealthy and can <laughs> and can please can work for sixty hours a week without getting paid? Like the eighty. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, we're not being paid. Just answer that question. I mean, we have one person on staff who's being compensated right now, and if you see the digital network, somebody has to get paid to help us get all that content up and going. Yeah. But we're not sitting back. Um, cutting checks from, um, you know, what's being contributed yeah. for ourselves, I, you know, yeah. zero dollars. Yeah. Well, you just laid it out there. How's that for transparency? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that, that's what I want to hear. So uh, now that's not sustainable. I agree. That is accurate. Yeah. So that's something that we're, we've done to get this ball rolling, to try to build triumph. Um, the goal is to build it up to be a business and a profitable business. But we've all just said, Hey, this is how you, this is how you do a startup. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, in the beginning it, it's, it's a startup. And right now we've created that platform to also provide the transparency. So now that people, you don't have to ask the questions about salary cause that, that, that doesn't exist. Yeah. And yeah. I tell people all the time, that's how it works, folks. Uh, I, I excuse me user you know whoever <laughs> but if when you start a company and you don't want to get paid for it let me know right. um that's just not a, that's just not realistic in terms of operating a business so at yes. some point um as we continue to scale I mean you said it yourself we want to be able to provide a landscape where all of our athletes could benefit across all of the sports that requires manpower yeah um and there are operational costs associated with that and so right. that won't always be the case but again as you've heard us say from the very beginning keeping the athletes at the forefront of what we're doing, providing the best experience, that all takes money, that all takes infrastructure. So yeah. um, as things evolve, uh, we'll, we'll figure out ways to make that work um, and continue to be ethical 
and and um, as forthcoming as we can be about it. Yeah. So it's all also everyone right now is a most mostly everyone on the team are partners. So the partners are basically the owners of the, the yeah, company. Yeah, ownership, owners so of the business. So we're not necessarily uh, employees making money. So that's that's how it works now. But at some point, we're going to have to hire people, like Robin said, when she when she says manpower, we're going to have to hire people to make this thing go the way that it needs to. You don't manage hundreds of student athletes in your spare time. And, right. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, Tex Island was the same way. I did it. I did it for free for two or three years. I just built the website and put up the content. And after a while you go, oh, okay, yeah. I can't keep doing this. It's just this. not sustainable. Not, not sustainable, like yeah. you said. Do you see a future in which uh, Triumph does a, uh, almost like an annual statement? Here's how much we're bringing in. Here's how much is going to the student athletes. Here's how much is going to operations. Is that the sort of thing you see happening in the future? That level of transparency. Um, I don't want to mislead anybody. Probably not because we're a private company and, um, you know, we're not publicly traded or anything like that. That's not normal. So uh, what we're trying to also do is establish like this isn't something like we're just some side, you know, like this is a a legitimate business that's being run and we function as a normal legitimate business does. And as we have. Um, as we grow, we're going to have normal operational expenses um, and we'll be as transparent as we can be. But we also have to respect the privacy of our athletes, of our mm-hmm. team. I mean, we're not a publicly, you know, traded organization or anything like that. So or nonprofit. Um, so perhaps never say never. But. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um Kind of, kind of on a related question, you talked about respecting the privacy of the athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of headlines out there that various collectives are paying various athletes this kind of money. They're paying, like my favorite is the Texas Tech is paying every football player, their collective is paying every football player 25 grand a year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty transparent. You're talking about protecting the privacy of the athletes. How do you avoid, I don't know that this is really Triumph's job, but it's, it is a question for you. How do you avoid NIL affecting the chemistry of a team, particularly if you've got a kid you've recruited out of high school who's been on your team three mm-hmm. years, and then a transfer comes in with an NIL contract, or a freshman comes in with an NIL contract? Um, do you guys have discussions about what could, that can do with the chemistry of a team, and what are your thoughts there? So if you think about um, pro sports, this is already a thing. Like, so a lot of this NIL stuff that people think that is like brand new, it's not brand new. You got to have people in your, on your team who has experienced some of this. So I, myself, Brendan, um, being a part of, you know, pro locker rooms and it's really a culture thing, you know? So if the coach kind of has that under control from a standpoint of, listen, you're not here. Your main focus is not here for NIL. It's it's the play ball, you know, or whatever sport it is. And if you do well at that, if you are a good citizen, community member, keeping your grades up, great on the platform, all these different things, then NIL is going to take care of itself. So, you know, Brendan likes to call it keeping the main thing the main thing. But I think that it's also a cultural thing that when a coach has respect for the players and the coach is revered, then the athletes kind of fall in line. They're not really looking over their shoulder to see, like, if someone gets a, a big deal and someone and another person doesn't, 
of course it's going to hurt a little bit, you know, is that's yeah. just how it is. I think that's just like human nature. It's not specific to sports. Mm -hmm. So, but we also have people on staff, you know, whether that's in triumph or whether that's in the athletic department, that's having that, those conversations. So this is not, if you keep it like as just a backroom conversation, you don't address it, then I think it could start to eat people up. But I think that once you talk about it and you, and you have conversations of, listen, like this guy's the quarterback, right? The quarterback normally in any, on any level is the person who probably has the most value monetarily or gets the most value monetarily. And that model has been set by the pros. So it's not something we're making up. Right. Yeah. So I think it's more of the culture of the team, making sure and the, and the coaches, making sure that everyone feels valued. You know, one of the things that we talked about from the very beginning was an equitable culture of compensation. I know that gets, that's like a tongue twister, but equitable culture of compensation is something that we really care about. So, we want everybody to have something so that it's not like and that's one part of person having behind the platform though, right? Yeah. It provides um, everybody an opportunity to, you know, you're going to get out of it. I think, um, you know, what you put into it. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have a podcast and you want to do meet and greets and you want to do all that and you're pushing it on your social channels and that's going to, people are going to gravitate and that's going to get you more um, views and that affects you know, your brand, which also affects how much money you can make, you know? So, um, I think, you know, that's even part of behind the platform is giving everybody that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there are student athletes out here at D two, D three schools who are like this one kid is named, I think it's Raekwon Smith and he has like 75 NIL deals. It's because I read he's, that article. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's out there doing it. Right. He's, and he's a, a football player who got hurt, and then he's came back, and he's running track, and he's like going to get back on the football team. But he's not at Virginia Tech at a, at a you know at a power, he's not at a power five school. So it's not it's not just about the top player getting the most money. I think you have to like what Robin said. You have to put in some work. You have to be you know uh, presentable. You have to speak well, like these different things. And we're we're coaching our athletes up to do that, and we're giving them opportunities on the platform. So. I don't think that we're really going to run into those issues without us also telling the athletes, look in the mirror, right? Like, are you doing the things that you want to garner that um, success from or, you know, support from? Yeah. Um, I, I know that you guys prize the representation of the Olympic slash non-revenue athletes as much as you do the revenue sports. Mm -hmm. Um how difficult is it to, you know, as, as, as this question is phrased, um, how are decisions made on what athletes benefit from the money coming in and, and how much? Um, I imagine that's a difficult process because you've got, let me, let me give you a hypothetical. You take a guy like Makai Lewis. Mm -hmm. He is in wrestling, which is not, in quotes, a revenue sport, mm -hmm. but he is one of the highest profile athletes at Virginia Tech. And him returning, he's coming back next year, can mean the difference between Virginia Tech finishing on the podium in wrestling and not finishing on the podium in wrestling. Yeah. Can really alter the, the future of the program. Mm -hmm. So um, how, how difficult is it to manage that decision-making process of what kind of contracts you're going to sign with what athletes in different sports? Um, this I'm, I flip that back on you know, the fans and, and the way they engage. Um, so, you know, if you 
again, going back to the platform, if you f- follow Makai or you find you, you're interested in what he's doing, you want to keep up with, you go engage in the platform and then he's able to benefit from that. So some of that is driven from, you know, our fans, mm-hmm. our, the sponsors, um, and that's what drives that number. It's not some arbitrary number that we come up with in a back room. So, again, I'm going to flip that back to our the supporters, the fans, the sponsors. Um, in many ways, they drive what that looks like for those individual student athletes. And, again, bringing it back to the platform as well, we've just provided another avenue for them to be able to do that um, in, a, in a more frequent, high-dose way. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's a big takeaway from this discussion because this is the second time this has come up mm-hmm. is the the platform provides that direct engagement and that level of transparency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a it's not a black hole where money comes in and goes out to the athletes. There's right. there's a kind of a connection there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right. Um, on your roster of athletes, which ones are in highest demand? Is Is it just the revenue you know, kids you, it, you guys were talking and i was thinking haha little do they know some of our highest you know in terms of um uh volume um and frequency are coming from some of our uh, olympic sports i mean they just really know how to get people engaged and interact and pre- and provide um interesting content um and and they're super a lot of them are super motivated to do that so um, you'd actually be surprised at at what those numbers look like for some for, for well, some you, of our athletes. You know that in softball, right? But then yeah. also you got volleyball, baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a wrestling. You know, I think that is, I think that you know each sport actually has a base of supporters. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that be donors or fans. Um, and what we try to do is have those have dialogue with those people to say, hey, look, we know that you support already, but like check this out, like check out the platform, look what this athlete is actually doing, you know, outside of his sport or, you know, like, cause Makai is big in, um, you know, charity, charitable causes. So I think that the more we, you know, present that and provide exposure for those, for the kids and what they're actually doing and who they are, the more that people will want to be a part of it. So here's a popular question. What's the workaround for some of the popular international athletes like Georgia Amor to receive <laughs> NIL money? <laughs> because she is it correct to say that she's on a student visa here and therefore is not allowed to make money? Is, is it that simple? Um, how do you work around that? Because everybody wants to know how, how can we keep Georgia happy? Right. Yeah, I mean, there are ways for you to still um, show your support. Um, you can certainly buy any of Georgia's merchandise. Um, now, is Georgia on is Georgia on your roster of athletes? In process. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stay tuned. Uh, So it's challenging with international students, right? Um, And so we are getting, having conversations, was on a call yesterday with someone in another country about, you know, opportunities for athletes as they're beginning to be home um, for some of the summer months and, and what that might look like for them in their home state. Because, you know, if you think about a Georgia, for example, who has great support here, can you imagine how proud, um, you know, they are of her back home and, and how much of a fan base she has there. Yeah. Um, so looking for opportunities um, for them to, again, ben- benefit from the NIL, but not only here in Blacksburg and in, in the surrounding areas, but also, um, you know, across the world. So yeah, we're going to figure it out, you know. We, yeah, you we know have who, some things that are 
we're cooking up yeah. and you you know like everything else we've done so far it'll be interesting <laughs> it'll be probably uh first we're trying to innovate around that first space and yeah because and it's, then, it's not fair well it's a big deal you know yeah, for the, for the athlete honestly there's laws that are in place but like yeah. it's not fair for the athlete to be to not be able to take um to take in things and take in support like like the other athletes in the locker room like we talked about the 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 question you asked earlier about athletes not you know the amounts of money the difference that are amounts but imagine being in a locker room and can't participate in it at all yeah like that's that's the type of stuff where we get excited about how to you know, come up with something with that that's because that's a problem yeah so we're trying to figure out how to innovate around that space and actively doing that and i think we're going to have some positive things come yeah, from we've that we've got some some stuff we're cooking up. Some stuff yeah. cooking. Yeah. yeah. And it, it gets that's really compliant. That's above board. That benefits the student at those international student athletes. It yeah. checks all the boxes. Yeah. And, and this becomes a much bigger issue when you get down into some of the sports like soccer and tennis mm -hmm. and track mm -hmm. and field where yeah. the athletes come from. They're everywhere. coming They're from basically everywhere. International yeah. Sports. <laughs> yeah. 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 They are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. How do you determine? And this, this is all kind of related. How do you determine which athletes you want to add to your roster? And how do you assess the value of an Olympic sport athlete versus a revenue sport athlete? I think we've actually already yeah. answered that. Um, uh, bluntly put, this early on the NIL curve, are the revenue sport athletes favored? And you've sort of answered that. But let's get back to the beginning of it. How do you determine which athletes you want to add to your roster? Is it everybody? Do you want At everybody? At this point, you know, you, you know, we got how many athletes on our roster? Virginia Tech, almost 600. Let's go. Let's get them all on that on our platform, because um, they all have an opportunity to benefit from their from their brand there. So, we yeah. So we want all of the Virginia Tech athletes, yeah. especially to be on the platform, because it like we said, it provides everyone an opportunity. And you right you now, said everyone it, like, doesn't have. There's it. only so much manpower, right? We're a team of ten, you know, with our interns and and whatnot, ten to twelve. There's only so much manpower. That's a lot to manage in the way and what we're doing. That's a lot to manage um, for across 600 athletes. However, the platform gives us the ability to immediately multiply our efforts. Yeah. Um, so now you're taking this group of 10 and we're able to work across. We couldn't do that, you know, our, to some point to that point. You know, we that wasn't our strategy necessarily before because we wouldn't been able to service everybody in a way that, that we like to, but the platform provides us an opportunity to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, can a fan donate money to Triumph? Now we're, we're hmm. there's the, the memberships on the poor, the network are one thing. Mm -hmm. Can a fan donate money to Triumph and target it at, at a particular athlete or sport? Um, and what would you say to the fan who wanted to do the that? The fan who wants to donate um, and they're looking for a tax write-off, you know, we, the Hokie Ways are we're brother-sister organizations. Right. Um, so we would encourage them to, to go to the thehokieway.org and to um, make that donation there so that they could get that tax write-off. But I think to we're looking at we're, that. Yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah, to piggyback that. So you have the, the tax write-off part, charitable cause, mm -hmm. but the donation – we are like taking the donation word out of it when it comes to triumph, unless you want a tax write off. So then you do it through the hokey way. Okay. But as far as a donation, don't donate, purchase something. It's the same right. thing. You'll get something for, you'll get something for it. I think really what the fan was asking is 
Sure. I'll, 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 I'll sign up. Let's say they want to sign up for the $6,000 a year membership mm -hmm. subscription at, at triumph, but they want it all to go to softball. How do they do that? Then we would encourage them to, there's a form on our site and they could say that's something that they want to do. And we can ideate a cool and innovative way to build a opportunity around that sport um, at whatever price point they want. I mean, that's that's what we do well. You've okay. seen that. You can read our media stories and we're good at coming up with strategic uh, sponsorship opportunities and strategic partnerships. Um, and so at, at that at that price point, let's do that. You know, let's. Yeah. So that's a customizable. Yeah, let's come up with something custom to do it. So uh, let's say you've got an athlete on your roster. And I think this has actually occurred. Um, you have an agreement with them. I assume a signed contract mm -hmm. and that athlete hits the portal. Not, not the, not the digital portal. You guys have set up the, tra <laughs> the transfer, portal. the transfer portal. Yeah. Then what happens? Um, and they actually transfer out. Mm -hmm. um, what happens then? Kind of depends on when they're transferring. You know, it just depends on what opportunities they have, you know, already in place. So if they have a sponsorship opportunity already in place and that sponsorship opportunity is not being, there's no breach of contract or something that's prohibiting them from fulfilling their obligations, then we can to some extent proceed with business as usual, or we make, we, we go back to the sponsor and we make changes and adjustments to make sure that those, um, that that contract is, is met and fulfilled. But in some cases, if that's not something that can be done, um, then we have to revisit that. If a, if a student athlete transfers out, do they stay on the Triumph Digital Network and do opportunities to interact with them still exist there, even though they might be at another school? Because there are fans that really like mm -hmm. athletes and might still want to follow them when they go mm -hmm. to that other school. Have yeah. you encountered that yet? We have not yet encountered that so while, while on the platform. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be something that we would um, visit on a case-by-case -case basis. So some athletes who go in the portal may not want to be on the, you know, they may be like, I'm out. Yeah. You know, um, and then some, uh, I could think of an example um, that may still want to do that. And I think that would be something we would do on a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah, some some... Virginia Tech athletes has access to still, you know, be a part of their lives, basically, because mm -hmm. it's not, you know, we're not the athletic department, right? We're the NIL sports agency the that's agency. representing mm -hmm. athletes, right? So we're not throwing throwing guys and girls away, like, when they decide, mm -hmm. if they decide this is not the best place for them. We're still going to be engaged if they want to be engaged. Um, but if not, we're going to focus on Virginia Tech athletes. So, you know, we're, we're not into throwing people away is basically what I'm getting at, like, mm -hmm. We once you become a, a part of Hokie Nation, and you're a part of Hokie Nation. So, uh, an opportunity to sell with so many demands being made on a fan's wallet. Why should they contribute to NIL? What's the hook slash motivation? I mean, I know what it is, but I'll let you guys answer that. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, you know, I, I touched on this a little bit earlier. I think we have done our best to try to provide something that meets a good range of what, whether that's just, you know, you want that one-time engagement or you're looking for like, you want to see content all the time. I think that we've done our best to try to develop something that um, provides you with that opportunity. So, 
you know, why not? You know? Yeah. I, th- I think the other piece is, is from a, a fan or supporter standpoint. Um, if you want to see these young men and women thrive in their lives mm-hmm. and be able to support them on a, not, hey, I'm just at the game to watch you mm-hmm. run up and down the court or run up the field way, but more of like a holistically as a person, then I think like this NIL space gives you an opportunity to, you know, it's something that I also sell to the, I try to sell to the parents and the athletes who think about coming here. It's like, listen, like NIL is not trivial. It, it could be a nest egg for you and your family when you, you know, leave college because most of these athletes aren't going professional. They're going professional in something, but not in their sport. And they've been spending and investing all this money and resources since they were some of them 10 years old, eight years old. Um, So all of the, all of their money, all of, you know, track shoes, basketball shoes, going on trips to perform at AAU, all this stuff that you've been investing all this time to get to finally, hopefully Virginia tech. Now um, you get to the end of that, and maybe you don't make it, right? And now you have to refigure out, like figure out, well, what am I doing next? And in the midst of that time, you don't really have any money because you dumped it all into, you know, into the sport that you've been investing in in your life. So I think that is a great, great opportunity for people to look at athletes as like more than an athlete and can help them go from from one phase to the next in their lives. So it's not just about Yeah, Mitch does a great job of when he's talking to the athletes of like you're an athlete and what? Right. Right? For Kevin, he's an athlete and a designer. Yeah. Um and so we ask our athletes that all the time. Um and this gives our Ho- the Hokie Nation opportunity to help them with that and what piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so Another question fans wanted us to ask, and and I I, I don't even really know. Wait, hold up, Will. Let me push this back on you because you said you already knew the answer, but I'm pretty sure you didn't. Yeah, what's the answer, Will? Uh, I'm pretty sure you wasn't thinking like the exact same thing I was just thinking. No, I'm actually thinking something different that, and I've said this on podcasts before, that um, with the, with, I think some fans get discouraged by the differences in, in payouts from the larger conferences, SEC mm. and, and Big Ten, yeah. and the enormous television contracts and and the huge staffs that are at, at programs at other schools, and they think, oh, what what can I do as a fan to, mm. like, it's hopeless. And and I've I've made the case that no, it's not hopeless. Here's here's basically a direct pipeline where you can have a positive influence on Virginia Tech athletics mm-hmm. yeah. by supporting NIL to a high degree that that's one area where you as a fan can level the playing field. Mm-hmm. So your response was very specific to the student athlete. Right. My response is specific to the fans ability to help build the program and make it more successful. Yeah. If you have a more competitive NIL program, then it makes you more likely to uh, be attractive to the high school student athletes you're recruiting mm-hmm. and the transfers you'd like to get out of the transfer portal. You can have better talent on on your team and better talent leads to more wins Absolutely. you know so that's my pitch yeah um and i i think it's you know that's a great um answer and i, and I would guarantee you that if kelly was sitting here that's what he would have said mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know right. and that's how and i think that's why we have such a great team like our role is like we think more about the the student athletes obviously virginia tech for us that's obvious but that's that's like one of Kelly's messages that he likes to talk about positive influence and mm-hmm. how can we get Virginia Tech athletics to be the preeminent place where people want to go yeah. and ultimately win championships. And I think obviously that's what we're kind of here to do. But 
I'm also wanting to build the the person up and build the, the student athletes up at the same time. Yeah, because that's something that resonates with you. And I, I remember when Whit Babcock did his did his introductory press conference. He said that he was focused as an athletic director on the experience of the student athlete mm-hmm. because he was one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jim Weaver was too. Yeah. But Jim yeah. Weaver loved facilities. You know, right. he, he loved building buildings. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that stuff too. Yeah. You know, so I hear you. Um, so let's see. Uh, and here's the question that is it is a difficult question to ask. Um, really, is it? <laughs> it is for me. I got I got to find the delicate wording. Um, so there's this dance of when do you become engaged with a student athlete? Um, because you're not supposed to work directly with coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we're trying to get this kid out of the portal, make him a pitch. Right. That's against the rules. How do how do you how do you manage finding out which student athletes to communicate with, whether they're high school or portal? Mm-hmm. Um, how does that process unfold? Uh, you're not allowed to, as an NIL organization, tell a high school recruit, "Yeah, if you come here, you can make a, you can make two hundred thousand mm-hmm. a year. We'll hook you up." Mm-hmm. Um, but there are ways to impart to a transfer portal athlete or mm-hmm. a high school recruit the value of Virginia Tech's NIL operation. <laughs> what can you say about how that's done? How does, I'm laughing on the inside because Robin grabs her water to take a swig <laughs> so, that, so that it's my answer. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm happy to, I'm happy. I mean, we, we, um, we've had these conversations again with compliance and we have open communication in terms of how we can navigate that. That's a topic we want to know too, right? We've, and we just, they're encouraged to reach out to us if they have questions about what the NIL landscape looks like here what type of opportunities we put together um what type of um um, partnerships and and um ability to help them build their brand um that are available here at virginia tech so we're allowed to have those conversations um when they reach out to us and and that's what we do yeah um so in the case let's take a transfer portal athlete um, is is the is the way it would unfold? Uh, coaching staff's interested in Kyron Drones, for instance. He's mm-hmm. just hit the transfer portal down there at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyron says, you know, they have conversations about football, mm-hmm. playing yeah. time, and scheme, and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then Kyron says, Coach, what can you tell me about NIL? And Coach says, Hands up, talk to Triumph. Yep. Yeah, Coach That's says, a, yeah, yeah. Um, let me give you contact with somebody who can talk to you more about what the NIL landscape looks here at Virginia Tech. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what we do. We talk about the landscape, about you know um, what you know examples of what players have gotten in the past, um, and that's all within. That's all. That is above board. Yeah, yeah so. and it's easy. You know, we'll. If you're keeping up with NIL at Virginia Tech, it's easy to see what we've been doing. We're not having to, you know, it's we can talk to it and they can see what we've been doing. So um, it's become easier conversations. Um, but now the platform, though. Yeah. You can point someone. Hey, so you want to know how we do it? Here you go. Check it out. Yeah. That, and that was that was one of the reasons, one of the other reasons why we, you know, launched the platform, because it, it gives us that we don't need to be in the gray area about this and having conversations and checking out, you know what I'm saying? Making sure everything's compliant. Obviously we want, we do that, but I'm saying it takes some pressure off of us to point somebody to the platform and say, Hey, look, look, if you are here, then maybe you want to do a podcast. Maybe, you know, you get revenue from 
these five, six things that are on the platform. Mm -hmm. And as long, if you keep up with it, just like when we talk to our current athletes, you know, we give them an example of what could what it could be. But here's here's a tangible thing. And it's not as just lip service. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's close with this. I already know the answer to this, too. <laughs> Lastly, how can fans contribute to what Triumph and Isle is doing or be a part of what's going on? For as low as $10 mm -hmm. per month, you can subscribe at triumphnil.com. How's She's that? Good. She's good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's just, you know, that's a great start. If you're just trying to figure it out, you can do a monthly plan and see if you like what we're doing and see the content that's being put out there. There's nothing for you to lose. You lose 10 bucks, right? Um, that's what I always tell people about a tech sideline. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I, I mean, actually tell I think we'll, that's where we got it from. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you your one month back if you don't right, like it. I, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be something on there that, that you like to see. And, um, you can do that for, you could do an annual plan or you could do a monthly plan and you could start at $10 and there's plans that go up to a hundred, $250 a month. Um, and you get more you know, for your money, you're getting more as you scale up. So it's really what your comfort level is, but you have nothing to lose. $10, try it out. Hey, let me add something. So there was, there was a, a interview I did on my uh, podcast called NIL now. Um, and I, it's a weekly podcast. And there was a guy who talked about, he was a mortgage company owner. I hadn't even told you this one yet. Okay. He's a <laughs> I, I love learning stuff on the spot. Go ahead. Sometimes you do. She's <laughs> like, why'd you say that? Um, but he, he owns a mortgage company and he hired some student athletes from said university in, in the gymnastics um, field and or the gymnastics sport. And they went to a booth. They went to his booth at mm -hmm. some not some type of conference. So he's a mortgage company. And the mm -hmm. people that were in the audience were all realtors. Mm -hmm. So his whole thing was, hey, I spent, I don't know, a few hundred dollars. I, mean, I don't know, it was $400, $500. Got the booth, had people that were, were there. And his whole thing was, from a marketing standpoint, people will remember him because he had the gymnast of the school at his booth. So he looked at NIL in a totally different way and I, that I thought was genius because it's like everyone who wants to get an NIL thinks that it's this $5,000, $20,000 deal mm -hmm. when the athletes want something, right? They, they want to be recognized for what they do. And they also, you know, $200 or 300 or 400, whatever that number is, like they can have a nice date on Friday night. You know what I mean? Like right. it doesn't have to be so complicated, the NIL thing. So I think part of this is educating the, the fan base and also the businesses that mm -hmm. it doesn't have to, it, we don't have to make it a big deal unless you want to make it a bigger deal and support at a higher level, you can, but you can also support at a lower level, which is like a hundred dollars or it's, whatever. It's a good point. Cause I've had this conversation now for over a year with sponsors of like, they're like, I has the hesitancy at first and not, how do we, and I'm like, you treat enough. this right. just like you treat any other sponsorship, you know, or marketing opportunity. And then they're like, Oh, and next thing you know, they're like, I mean, they get it. It's yeah. quite simple. It's new. It's uh, gets them additional, you know, fresh attention and eyes. And now as we're going into, you know, year, year two and three, our sponsors are starting to carve out budgets for this. Right. So it's not like, how do I do this now? They're, if they have ideas, they're carving out budgets and they're setting it aside because they see the value. Right. Well, speaking to business owners, uh, one of the more interesting things I, I can't remember who said it to me, but they were like, if you if you look at the roster of 
Triumph student athletes collectively, their social media reach is enormous. Mm-hmm. So you can come in and contract with Triumph directly, mm-hmm. and, absolutely, and maybe do a broadcast as much as you can off across all student athletes. And, and that that's is a tremendous exactly, amount of yeah. reach. That yeah. is exactly what's happened. We've gone from some of our earlier sponsorship opportunities have um, migrated from being focused on a particular sport or particular athlete and they we want to sponsor triumph because that allows us to be able to have a broader you know a broader reach like you said we've got hundreds of thousands of followers collectively um, with our athletes and it allows them to have a better opportunity to choose what makes sense for them at a particular time of year during a particular launch during a particular sale you know whatever that during particular season um and so, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see how things have evolved that way as people understand how they fit. You and know, this might help my case that I was just saying is that the school was LSU. So while we talk about all these other schools like Alabama, LSU and Georgia, like what they're doing, their fan bases are contributing in ways that it's not about the high, a high dollar amount always. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a few hundred dollars. Sometimes it's, you know, that's and and. I, that's one of the reasons why I do this NIL show, because I also want to know what other places are like, oh, right, what's right. going on here? Like, oh, so some of this stuff is like, it doesn't have to be as complicated. If you want to if you want to support support at whatever level that you can, because like you said, it's going to it's going to help the overall mission. I think that's a good time to close. I could ask you if there's anything more you want to say, but, no, I, but I think you just said <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, I want to say thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. thank yeah. you, Will. And well, thank you for your support. I mean, you have been a just the desire to help people understand um, and provide them with information has been a huge part of what we're doing. So we appreciate you know your support and um, appreciate you providing an avenue for our athletes to come every week and do that Triumph Spotlight. It's been a really great partnership. Yeah, yeah. well. Sure. Thank you guys for sending them in. I, I, I like the partnership we got going and, and doing doing the Triumph Spotlight is we've we've learned a lot as an organization, mm-hmm. not just about the student athletes, about but about how we can do things like that yeah. and, and help the fans connect with the student athletes better. Yeah. So thank you all for coming on. And this has been episode uh, 297 of the Tech Sideline podcast presented by First Bank and Trust Company. And we appreciate our guests from Triumph NIL. Visit triumphnil.com. Check out the uh, digital network there and sign up for a membership. And uh, so let's get this thing going. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you next time.